everyone, and thanks for listening in. Welcome to Leading Well, where we get to know leaders and how they make it happen. I'm your host, Tim Davis. And I'm his co-host, Alyssa. And today, we're happy to have our guest, Mr. Chris Trammell. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, Chris, before we dive in, like, what do you do? Well, I'm a teacher. This is actually my 12th year teaching, um, and I teach over at Sprague High School in South Salem. Wow. All right. Yeah. And he's uh, here sporting his uh, orange sweat top, his Ole Nike uh, high top shoes. Uh, so he's repping the brand for yeah, sure. Yeah, as you should. That's yeah. right. We look like traffic cones out there, but it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. All righty. Well, hey, uh, we usually like to just uh, dive in. Uh, like, what was childhood like? Where'd you grow up? That type of stuff. Yeah, so. absolutely. So grew up here in uh, South Salem, just off of Kubler. So not not too far from Sprague. Um, and yeah, childhood, it's one of those where, I mean, as an educator, like I talk with lots of different students about, you know, their home situations. And the more I've spoken with them, the more it's just, I feel like I was ex- extremely blessed with the childhood that I was able to have mm-hmm. um, with the parents that I had who are involved and loving and, and really set a strong example that has shaped me. Um, I have two brothers. Um, we lived in the, we grew up in the same bedroom all the way up until college. So we bunk bedded it for, for oh, years yeah. and years. It's one of those where we either Falling were going to wrestling, whatever. Right. Yeah. We're either going to kill each other, or become best friends. Yeah. Um, and so we became best friends. And so they, so that support group, um, has been huge for me. So I, um, yeah, my family is, is big, but I went to, I went to Sumter elementary school. Okay. Um, then I went to Judson, a lot of the a lot of the path that my students take, so it's kind of fun to to talk with them. And then actually graduated from Sprague in in '07, and um, so it's cool to be back there uh, teaching again. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, so growing up, you know, you you stayed in the local area. Uh, your dad's a professor at Corbin yeah. for a year or two. Yeah, yes. or thirty. Thirty. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. plus, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe what was one of the first things you noticed you had passion for? Uh, I think I've had to look back, right? It's not like I yeah. was in, in high school. I just and, and had, But I think it's always been a passion to connect, mm-hmm. um, to connect, to build relationship. Um, I, I noticed just looking back, always kind of being drawn into those, you know, as an I'm a huge extrovert. <laughs> and so just, just being able to connect with people and having the opportunity to to try to positively influence people around me has just been something that I've been passionate about, whether that's through playing sports. You know, I've coached for a number of years as, as that was another avenue. Um, uh, but yeah, just, just a passion to connect, I guess, mm. really. Yeah, that's mm. good. Hmm. Tell us a little bit about some of the classes you're doing uh, at Sprague and kind of some vision and maybe letting the people know what, what you're up to or what we're up to. Yeah. Sure, yeah, absolutely. So um, the so my education career started um, with teaching history. Um, that was my thing. That was what I was uh, went to school for. First uh, three years of teaching were at an international school in Indonesia. Um, and so that... Uh, was very inf- influential for me at the time, just a lot of learning and a lot of growing as an educator. Um, when I came to came back to the States, I taught for a year at Salem Academy before getting hired at Sprague. And I got hired, um, I was teaching a lot of, uh, I taught an honors level history and then an on-level history. And I taught that for my first four years there. And then um, our leadership team just approached me. Um, I was involved as like our freshman class advisor and just trying to build connections anywhere, you know, 
anywhere possible. I was doing a lot of coaching and and they just approached me about trying to take their our school culture and just that concept of leadership and and to grow it and to expand it and to really take a deep look at at what do we want our students who graduate, like what do we want them going out into the world and doing? How do we mm-hmm. want to equip them beyond just those academic skills, which are in, extremely important, but there's there's more to it. Um, and so uh, first year kind of taking over that program was during COVID. And so it was a, a lot of time to and space to kind of hit a restart button. So there, while that was a very difficult time, it was also an interesting space a unique space to have to be able to say, let's really look at what we do, what we don't like, what we really love, what we do, and be able to hold on to what we love and then erase the board from stuff that we wanted to kind of distance ourselves from. Mm. Um, and so currently my role is I work with um, all of our elected student officials. So we have a freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior class councils, um, which is seven individuals. And so we um, revamped kind of what those positions were in order to try and serve our student body better. Um, and then an ASB team um, that I directly oversee that their job is really just to serve those class councils and to help them be effective and to kind of be a an anchor point for everything that's happening and making sure that we're heading in the right direction. So um, I get to do that. That's not a class. That's just something that I that I get to do and I'm passionate about and I, I enjoy doing. And then what I get to teach, I teach the only history piece I have left is a world religions class, um, which again is just all about understanding people people's worldviews and and getting mm-hmm. to that space where we can have real and open conversation. And I can disagree with you, but it doesn't mean that that I don't love you. Right. Um, and so, kind of training students to be able to have those conversations, and then. Um, we also got to pick up an outward leadership class, which um, was a uh, huge thanks to the Arbinger Institute, who was a, who we, we used their material, um, and uh, Drew Monarchy and, and Kasha Combs did a lot of work, and then brought me on board um, at Sprague through Chad, um, and uh, just this concept of seeing people as people. And that's a non-elected, you don't have to, uh, there's no prereqs to be in it, there's no, you don't have to run or apply, you just kids get to be in there and we get to talk about, you know, seeing the value in yourself and seeing the value of other people and then becoming people of impact. Um, and so that's been really cool. I've, I've enjoyed watching that group grow. Um, our first year we had maybe 45 students and this year we have 110 students that are taking that class and, wow. and being challenged in that way. Um, and then uh, during the pandemic as well, I had a couple of phenomenal uh, student leaders, uh, Paige Spady and Brody Wetzel. Um, Paige is a pre-med student now at Linfield and Brody's at Boston College doing amazing work out there. Um, and they uh, saw, <clears throat> saw that gap created during the pandemic um, where students were disconnected and they wanted to create a space where if students wanted to reach out that there was somebody that would be there. And so we started off with just, you know, I had 50 students or so um, that showed interest. And then we spent just one day a week, we'd be on Zoom. We'd just open the chat and kids could pop on and they'd send them into breakout rooms. And, you know, we probably only had two to three kids that took us up on it. But the fact that there was a space, mm, um, yeah. a space created where kids were intentionally reaching out. And then uh, we were able to work and take that idea and build it into an actual class. Um, and so that's what, uh, Tim, you were talking about with our with our partnership, which yeah. I'm incredibly thankful for. <laughs> We've done, I can't explain all of the the benefits just having you guys there supporting us sure. has been for the program. Um, last year we had 35 mentors um, 
who sign up, they're juniors and seniors only. We're trying because um, in the education system currently, our, you can basically graduate as a junior. And so what's keeping our seniors engaged? What's keeping them here? Um, and so we were looking at ways to do that. We're also looking at ways of, of connecting a different part of our student population. So we mentor or a leadership um, stereotypically is a class that's kind of very event focused. It's it's uh, planning dances and running events and making the posters to advertise, and that's it's a phenomenal it's phenomenal part. It's what you need to have, but it only really draws in kind of that extrovert student, right. you know that 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 student that enjoys being up front. And, the you and me's of the yeah, world, right? Yes, so like exactly. we gravitate towards <laughs> exactly that, right. yeah. And but there's a whole percentage of our student population that didn't see themselves as leaders right. because they were in air quotes, leadership. And those other folks are actually the people that get things done. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely yeah. <laughs> you and I dream up a bunch of stuff, gather a bunch of people, sure. then don't get anything done without those other folks. <laughs> right, right. And so it's trying to activate a whole other uh, slice of our student population that have incredible interpersonal skills, but don't necessarily want to, you know, put a pie in someone's face at an assembly, you know, or, mm-hmm. or get on a microphone. And, and so um, we're able to bring in a group of students that didn't really have a, a space to be a part of that leadership experience. And so um, the mentorship program, um, like I said, it's very little to do with me and everything to do with the students. I tell the students, I'm just a bulldozer. If you've got a wall that you can't get through, let me try and push on it. You know, I have a badge that gives me a little more power. Exactly. Yeah, I can get you in a few more doors. Um, but ultimately, it's it's ran by them and they're Hearts for service have been so mm. encouraging to me, even when there's a lot to, that can feel discouraging uh, during the pandemic and post-pandemic education. But watching them serve is just such a bright spot um, for me. They, uh, we had over 90 uh, middle schoolers request mentors last year, um, but only 35 mentors to start. And so we're working on really building that up. We had 43 mentors this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so their roles are to connect with an incoming freshman. They meet them on day one, walk them to all their classes, help them get connected. Um, we give them a free T-shirt thanks to Valor and their their donation. <laughs> um, and then uh, we invite them to events, whether it's bowling here at the rack again. Yeah. Another plug for Valor. What you guys are doing <laughs> in the community is amazing. But um, helping them just navigate that, that kind of tough transition year. Yeah. So for our listeners, you're like, Wait, you got high schoolers mentoring high schoolers? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, sometimes for some of our listeners, it might be, huh? But um, we are talking about upperclassmen, mm-hmm. you know, and lowerclassmen, right? Yep. And yep. so uh, there's obviously some of the – there's a process. You, you know, you don't just come out of juvie and become a mentor, right? So, you <laughs> yeah. know, so to speak, right? Yeah. So so there's those, uh, those opportunities. And then if our listeners are out there, mentoring is just as much about, about – how much the impact the mentee has on you is maybe mm-hmm. you have on them, mm-hmm. right? But uh, I know that some of the things that uh, your mentees and mentors deal with, everything from some of these mentees are homeless, yeah. right? They're homeless, up to living in a car, couch surfing, slash in and out of uh, lots of things. And that's not the, the total population by any stretch. But those are some of the, the issues that, that these uh, peer-to-peer relationships are getting to wrestle with, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and that's real life. Yeah. yeah, and I think people forget also that mentoring isn't always just someone with in buckets and buckets of wisdom talking to somebody with none. You know, a lot of it is just walking side by side with somebody. Like you said, even walk walking to class, like 
ushering them through those processes, processing with them. Some of the best therapy is somebody listening to you, them re-saying it to you. Like, so this is what I'm hearing you say. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I understand like what's going on now. Right. You know, so it's the same thing. You, know, you don't have to have like 40 years on the person you're mentoring to still make a huge impact and, and still learn something yourself as well. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think it's one of the things I remind my mentors because not every mentor connects you know, on a like a the depth the depth yeah. with their mentee, but it's the fact that you're there, mm-hmm. right? the The goal of our mentorship program is that every student feels seen and known, and that they belong. They feel like they belong. Um, and I, a great example of that, I have a student. Um, her name's Lily, and she's just a phenomenal mentor. She's not one that would be you know up front in assembly, but but she's there every day. Um, and she's in, she was we do uh, recaps with our students where we talk about what's the positive, what's going well. Because it's really easy to forget and to not hear the greater good that's occurring within mm. the program. Um, and she'd been reaching out and reaching out and reaching out and sending texts and inviting. And there just wasn't a whole lot of connection going on. Um, and uh, she was working at Winco and her mentee's mom came through the checkout stand and said, you have no idea how influential you've been. Like, mm. keep invite." And she's like... We haven't really, even, I haven't seen yeah, like we haven't really even much. done yeah, anything. Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. but it was just the fact that her student, you know, whether she, the, the student communicated that to Lily, but that was making an impact. The fact that there was somebody there for her, and that's mm-hmm. the ultimate goal. We don't, you know, whether or not you know these huge life changing moments happen. It's just I know someone's going to be there for me if I need it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a big part of uh, what we're trying to shift in our in our culture. Yeah, I, I led a small group um, at my church's youth group for a long time, and I wish I had a dollar for every time that both the my student didn't say that they appreciated me or liked me, and how many times their parents told me, yeah. my daughter won't stop talking about how much of a good time they had or whatever, like, thank you so much. It's something about being a teenager. I feel like there's like that, you know, you don't say it to their face, but then you say it to everybody else. And, sure. so, and, it's, and it even means more sometimes coming from a second hand, because it means like that person isn't expecting because if I said hey you did a really good job and I'm hoping that you like me more because I told you that versus I'm telling my friend man I just love that guy like he's so cool and if you hear that secondhand it means you know they weren't looking for anything out of that and mm-hmm. so it's just yeah it's about that connection like you said you're one of your biggest passions is to connect with people yep. and there's connection when your text reaches somebody's phone whether or not they they send something back you've pinged them and they understand that you're you're thinking about them and that's yeah, I'm that's even important so yeah, yeah. 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 absolutely yeah. wow yeah and then Pioneering stuff isn't always easy, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, you know, I uh, heard it described, you know, you kind of like a pickaxe at hard ground and you're just smacking on it for a while. Yeah. And, and then, then eventually it starts to soften up and, mm-hmm. and then real things happen. You know, I know you're looking to advance and enlarge uh, the amount of uh, mentors you have because the, the need is right. certainly there, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, what... Uh, yeah. So you're how old? 34. 34. Yep. So like looking back at your 25-year-old self, you know, which is only nine years, but what would you say to your 25-year-old self that maybe you didn't think or know at the time? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh, 25-year-old me. I think 25-year-old me needed to be okay with asking for help. I think that was mm-hmm. a big okay. thing for me. Yeah. Um, so there's a, I've had... My whole life, I've had amazing support systems, people that are there for me, people that that um, are in my corner, which is huge. Um, but I think I also had, you know, this certain amount of its pride, um, the desire, the thing I can, I can do this, I can handle this, um, and it really just reached a point for me in my life 
um, where um, my, where I was getting my value had shifted away um, from where it should be um, mm-hmm. to looking to get it from other people. So early on in my teaching careers, you know, what did my students think of me? You know, was I outworking my coworkers? You know, I would be concerned <laughs> about like, okay, he's still in his room. I can't leave yet. <laughs> you know, like I got to stay here and I got to keep putting in the work. And it got to the point where it was so, so unhealthy for me to where mm-hmm. um, when I came back to the States, um, you know, I was putting in 70 to 80 hour weeks. Um, it was our first, those first three years of teaching and first three years of marriage. Um, mm. And it's just a How's lot. That 70, 80 hour weeks work on a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, like <laughs> talk about support system, my wife, right? Like she needs a major shout out yeah, um, for just constantly go. being my rock and being there and supporting me through all that. But I had to learn to lean on her, right? We talk about, we all, one of the things we're trying to encourage students is that there, there's a stigma around who needs a mentor, right? And it's like, oh, you have to be pretty messed up or, you, you know, you're, you're going through something, so you just need to reach out. It's like, we need mentors all the time. And Tim, you and I have had so many conversations about that. And I know sure. that's part of your passion, Absolutely. right? You can be very successful. And the reason you are is because you have mentors. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right? So right. I had to learn that. 25-year-old me needed to be okay with with leaning on my wife and being vulnerable and being like, I can't keep doing what I'm doing. Um, leaning in um, to the mentors that I already had that said, you know what, you need to get some counseling. This would be healthy for you. And to be to be okay to, for myself to look at that and be like, step past that stigma and, and walk into that and be like, this is it was one of the best things that I ever did is to have another mentor speak truth into my life in areas that I couldn't see. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so 25-year-old me needed to, needed to have that happen. Yeah. Um, so that, and, you know, I'm just thankful to be able to then take those you know, tough experiences and be able to encourage others to to lean in on the people around you and be that for someone else. There mm-hmm. you go. Yeah, that's, that's uh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, so that's something that I've always struggled with is like asking for help because I don't, I don't want to need help, right? Because yep. then it means that I'm weak or it means, but it doesn't, right? It's like the same thing. Everybody needs help. You need help when you're a baby. You need help when you're an adult. I mean, <laughs> yeah. everybody needs help all the time or you need somebody to talk to. I mean, that's something that's like, that's a lesson that I've had to learn as well because I think it's like hard to ask for help when you, especially if you're in a place of leadership, you're like, I should be able right. to do this. But that's why there's ongoing learning. So in our last podcast, they talked about, I always want to be learning. It's the same thing. You always want to be learning. You always want to be improving. And you do that with people mm-hmm. with, by your side and the support systems, like you said, like your wife or your administrators and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, so to our listeners, um, we're not designed to do it all on our own. No, <laughs> and so raising our hand to take an educational uh, visual, right, is is important. Like, uh, actually, I could use a little help here. And so maybe that's you right now. Maybe you're driving down the road, and uh, some of the stuff we're talking about is resonating with you. And uh, Valor might not be the the final stop for you, but you could certainly hit our website, give us a phone call, give us an email, and maybe we could partner up. Maybe we could put you in touch with other people who could really help you with whatever that area in your life that you're raising your hand about. You know, Mm. that's what we're here for. That's what you guys are doing at Sprague and in education. And and, uh, yeah, I mean, there's wonderful high schools, not just Sprague, right? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, today, that's what we're here to talk about. So (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. 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 Love it. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Like, uh, so if you... The grandparents are taking the kids, and you got a whole weekend. Uh, just you and your wife. What would you, what would you guys do? 
does that happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we we okay. get yeah. Grandma, Crazy. grandma, and grandpa are fen- are phenomenal. So yeah. they they do they do a lot of I mean, our kids love them. So it's it's nice to be able to sure. leave and know that they're like excited we're leaving. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, sort of. Yeah, yeah. right. They, they you know excited when we come back, but there's they love spending that time with with grandma and grandpa. But oh, my wife and I love just being outdoors. It's one okay. of the things. So like. Um, we love taking our dog out and and what kind of dog to, you got? Uh, we have a Weimer on her, so yeah. I married into a bird hunting family, and okay. so that's something I I picked up. That's how her fa- my father in law and I we bond over that, and so um my we have a Weimer on her, and we we like to go out. My my wife loves hikes, loves being in the outdoors, so uh, camping. I mean, a lot honestly, a lot of things we just love bringing our kids along with us and doing. Yeah, um, it's just if we're not with them, we end up just talking about them. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but those are the things we just we just enjoy getting out and um, and doing what we can together, being active together is, is something that brings us joy and and it's really an act of, of worship for the both of us just to be out and in creation that way. Yeah. Some of the best parts of this podcast is listening back and hearing little like uh, answers to questions and you kind of take those nuggets of wisdom with you. And um, I asked for the first time on our last podcast with Chrissy Hudson, um, what is something that you, and I'm going to ask you the same question because I think it's relevant is um, what's something that you learned from your kids? (laughs) Oh man, so much. Why don't you learn how selfish you are? Right. Mm-hmm. So like every like when a kid comes along, you're like you're thinking, okay, you know, well, first marriage, right? And then you learn, okay, wow, there's a lot of selfishness that I need to work on. And then kid comes along, and you're like, I thought I had better control. Oh, I'm pretty still pretty selfish, right? <laughs> and so I'm learning a lot, you know, just about what it where joy really comes from, mm. and it doesn't come from places that society says, you know, this is you gotta you gotta you know, take, yes, you have to take care. Yeah. Like your own health is important. Right. Um, but there's so much joy just come that comes from investing in, in the life of a little person, you know? And, and when I put aside the things, you know, that we talk about it at school with this, you know, when I get in this, this space where I deserve, I think I deserve Mm. a break or I've had a tough week. So I deserve, well, when I'm in that, I deserve space. What do I miss out? I miss out on those little joys Mm. of, you know, my daughter building some or daughter and son building some Lego and looking up to see if I'm watching, you know, or just, um, the simple, simple joy of playing in dirt, you know, Mm. or, or watching, you know, Christmas unfold through the eyes of, of a little person. It's just that, that joy, I don't want to lose that, you yeah. know, in my own life. Like there's that joy and there's that wonder and there's that let's just take in every moment around us. And I watch them do that. And it just encourages me to step into that space. So, uh, yeah, that's a good yeah. answer. That's that awesome. Is. That is. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're coming close to running out of time. Uh, it sure flies. We'll, we'll have, <laughs> yeah, you, we'll have wow. you back or whatever. But uh, anything else you really wanted to cover anything you'd want to say to other educators or administrators or maybe not you know i don't know i mean i'm just i'm thankful to be able to to work with some 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 work with some amazing students amazing colleagues you know um people in the community that are there to encourage and i think we can get really sidetracked with all the things that we're against all the things that we don't appreciate and i see that a lot in education where you know there's decisions that are made that you know, I might not agree with or I don't necessarily appreciate or where you feel undervalued or underappreciated. Um, but every single day, 
there's opportunity in front of us, mm. right? Yeah. There's an opportunity to impact somebody in a positive way, to get curious about somebody's life. Um, and that's one of the things I just encourage my students. And I think just is it an encouragement that I try to take to heart, but it's just that having that curiosity wherever you go. Um, you might not feel like your life's full of purpose while whatever job you're at, but the purpose is there if we stay curious about the people around us. And yeah. when you're curious about somebody, all of a sudden you opportunities to help and to be a person of impact and to be a person of influence, those, those, you start to see them. Um, and then just to take, to capture each one of those moments. And so, um, it's something that I encourage my students. It's something that I have to remind myself, you know, I'm, Am I curious about my wife after being married for 12 years? You know, right. like I have to stay curious about her. Sure. Um, about my children. You know, yeah, I see them every day, but am I curious about their day and what's going on? And when I come into the classroom, yeah, there's a lot going on and I've got stuff to teach and meetings to go to. But it's that human interaction. It's that connection that that's so incredibly important. And so um, I think in any job as an educator you know, at a bowling alley, you know, running, running a mentorship program, whatever it is, it's just staying curious and, and focusing on that connection. Yeah, that's good. Well, yeah, Chris, thanks so much for being with us. And, oh, uh, my pleasure. Um, Chris, if there's anybody who wants to learn more about your program and what it does, is there a way that they can contact you? Uh, yeah, Colin, Colin Spray, getting a hold of my email. Like I, I'm, we're always looking for a quick little plug. We're always looking to get out in the community and serve um, community gardens, any, pretty much anywhere. We want to kind of Flood the city. Free youth with, muscle. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. Hey, that's there what I'm offering. That's right. right. We're, that's we're looking offering. at getting out. That's right. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, that sounds great. Thanks for joining us, Chris, and thank you for joining us, listeners. Thanks if you for want to listen me. to our radio show and podcast air, it airs every Saturday in the Salem Kaiser area on KSLM um, at 11 a.m. on Saturdays. And then you can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you for listening to Leading Well by Valor Mentoring. 